Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome back to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. Our guest today is a former McDonald's All-American that went on to be a lottery pick by the Pacers in 2015. He's entering his ninth season in the league. He's a two-time block leader coming off the best season of his career. He's also one of the best-dressed dudes in the league. Miles Turner, we appreciate you pulling up. What's good, y'all? Appreciate the love, Joe. Team USA has been a big story of this offseason, now heading into the season. You know, took the L in the World Cup. A lot of guys have said they want to play in the Olympics in 2024. So we got to ask you, do you want to play with Team USA in the Paris Olympics? Absolutely, man. You can say you want to play all you want. It's about getting between the lines, getting it done, bro. I got a chance to play in the World Cup in 2019, you know, a few years ago. And that rush I got for being overseas and playing that type of basketball, the passion that the other countries play with, you know, NBA is what it is. You know, we play, we hoop. But back, like, over on that side of the world, man, the crowds over there, just like, the way they chant their names, just the way that environment, I've never seen anything like, like as far as the basketball environment, like it before. And I don't want to immerse myself back into that. You know, I know the way I defend the rim, the way I'm able to stretch the floor, and I've been doing it consistently, you know, for years now. I know I'm definitely considered race, so I definitely want to play, man. So you was on a World Cup team and mm -hmm. didn't get invited to the FIBA team? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You know how I go. I mean, I know... Uh, <laughs> I, I, let's talk. Let's the, speak on it. Let's speak on it. Th that's the thing I hate that, you know, everyone thinks that the players are the ones that don't want to represent. Not realizing, yo, we all want a gold medal. That's the only time we can get a gold as a as a hooper. You know, we watch the Olympics. We see everybody in individual sports winning gold medals. You don't think football players want to get a chance to win a gold medal? So every player, like, it's easy for, you know, Jokic and them, they they play it's, they're the best player in their country mm -hmm. right we're we're one of 400 we don't get that luxury to just be entitled to like i'm the best player and i get on this team automatically we have to get invited that's not a try we don't get to try out mm -hmm. we got to get picked like yeah yo you play for the pacers <laughs> nah, i don't like 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 you that's a process with it yeah right? it's like come on let, let us go out there and, and hoop so we can see who's the best of the best and who's willing to to dive on the ball they're willing to do what it takes to make this team when you're just picking players it's like come on man like you take the fun out of it there's definitely some politics with it but you know you see the guys that even like the European players that are role players in the league, then they go back and play for their country. They turn to superheroes, man. You see it happen every single year. Like just being able to be a part of that environment, like that's something I want for myself. And I want to be able to look back and say, man, I want a gold medal, show my, you know, my grandkids and whatnot. I was able to represent my country at the highest level. There's so much debate of, you know, if the NBA players are the best in the world anymore. Like, <laughs> like as I said, you, you, we, 
they acting like we don't want we don't want to win a gold medal. Like we seen Michael yeah. Jordan, we we seen what <laughs> what it is. We all want to be a part of it, but that's not how it works over here, mm. right? We mm-hmm. we we have it's politics over here. We you know it's not about who's the best. It's about well, do you have the right shoes on? You know, are you friends with the, this person? You know what I mean? It's, that don't work. They ain't ready for all that, Gil. They ain't ready for all that. And, and, that's, and that's that's the thing that that hurts us. That we we sitting here and you looking at this team and you sitting there like four players that that wasn't starters on their team makes this team. How? Like, I mean, you, you know, what I mean, you're not even top. At least eighty y'all out of the twelve are not even top fifteen in your position. Like, come on, like you, you're trying to make the rest of us look like we don't belong. Like, yeah, you know, they turned me down. No, they didn't, they didn't even ask me <laughs> at all. At all. I've heard nothing. It's been crickets, but yeah, we you know, it's a like, tryout. <laughs> nothing, bro. I just go out there and I hoop, man. I'm not going to do all the political, like, hey, pick me, pick me. Like, nah, mm-hmm. bro. I'm going to go out there and hoop. People around the league know what it is when they see me. And if I'm appreciated at that aspect, I'm with it. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm ready to go. All right. So we talked about the Olympics. Now let's shift focus back to the best basketball league in the world, world champions every year. (laughs) 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 Coming off the best season of your career. So what did you focus on this off season and what are your goals for yourself and the Pacers this season? Well, we'll start with the goals right away, man. I came into this league spoiled, bro. I got to go to the playoffs shit four or five years in a row. Got to experience Mm -hmm. some game sevens, you know, I got to experience just like the highs and the lows of that. And, you know, getting to play with PG, getting to play with like some of the OGs I got to play with. Man, I, I jumped right into it. I was one of those players that had to work, 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 then get to the playoffs. Having experienced that, you want to go back. I have a group of young guys around me who a lot of guys and teams have never really been to the playoffs before, right? And I want that for them more than I damn near want it for myself, just to be able to bring that back to Indianapolis, just how, just, uh, man, just all the goals, just, just how exhilarating just that the best basketball in the world is. So just getting back to the playoffs is a huge goal of mine, man. I think that... The way things are structured, especially like in the East now, we have a great chance. You know, we got a good revamp roster. You know, we got Tyrese coming back and you know, all this All Star season. So, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for us to get back in that, just in that fold. You know, as far as myself, man, just being the leader that I am. You know, I'm no longer like you know, just a leader on a team. I'm the leader. You know, I'm the longest tenure guy here. You know, like this is the first year that I've actually had like the most years on this team, and I've been waiting for this opportunity for a long time. I'm ready for it, man. All Star games coming to Indianapolis, and everything's gonna be a byproduct of our success. So, I'm excited. <laughs> the, the, the say you're the I'm the leader of the team at 26, right? 27, just, 27, 27, 27. Like, you know what I mean? It just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it, it's 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 crazy just how young you know everybody is and how mature everyone has to be so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing because you know you know you you gonna be an OG in two years. You know, <laughs> two, when, I gotta get two more. All right, I'll be right. <laughs> like, you gonna be the OG Audrey, like, oh man, you know what I mean? You know, you need some being gay old fella, like that. that <laughs> They're gonna start I, calling you uncle at twenty nine. You know, it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just crazy. It, but it shows you the talent that's coming into the league. How fast the, you guys are adapting to the skill that you know you're, you're twenty six years in and. You know, you've been in the league eight years. I mean, 27, been in the year eight years. I mean, that's amazing. With, you have to go to school one year. Right. right. And it just, it just shows you how crazy that everyone in the game is really just evolved. And, you know, um, when this this wave of, you know, the LeBrons get out of the league, I mean, the league, the superstars are going to be anywhere from 23 to, to, to 30. 
Yeah, bro. We watched everything y'all did, bro. Like we watched everything y'all did, and we and we made it our own. Then you pass it down to the next generation that's coming on. Like, and I feel like players, especially like and around my age, we really don't give y'all enough credit for like what y'all did in this league and like how y'all established that foundation for us like to build off of, bro. Like. Bro, everybody talks about John Morant this, this, that. Bro, when you electrify Washington, bro, you, you turn that shit up for a point guard, nigga dunking on nigga like that, that type of stuff you weren't seeing. And now you watch that type of stuff and make it your own, and, like, you're in it all of a sudden. You know, you're in the prime of your career now, and it's just everything happens fast, man. So, yeah, man. So you said that uh, Tyrese Halliburton is an artist uh, with his court vision and passing ability. But how long did it take you to get comfortable playing with him, and what's the most underrated part of his game? Bro, I mean, we clicked right away, honestly. And, you know, when he had first came to the team and first got traded, uh, I was done the rest of that season. I got hurt. I think, I, think uh, I forgot what I heard, but I got injured that year, and I was done the rest of the year. So we didn't get a chance to play together. We started playing some pickup games in the summertime, and then right away, like, you know, back here at the facility, we just caught on, bro. Like, it's, it's just easy with him. He makes the game easy for everybody around him. He wants to get people open. He wants to, he wants to pass when he wants to score. And it's rare that you play with a – a player, you know, like that, especially like All Star. A lot of guys they try to get their own ship, and not like he's really trying to get everybody involved. He gets off that way. So, um, man, it was an easy, like, easy fit right away. Yeah, I seen him in um, in Vegas. He was trying out for, I think Steve Kerr went to go see him. So it was Golden State Warriors, hmm. and he was he was he was working out there. And I was like, oh man, I, I, I like his skill set. You know, um, hmm. his pace. His, yeah, I mean, he had that funny shot. Pace. You know, uh, yeah. he, had that, he had that funny shot, but it's like, you know, you, you get a great uh, pump fake with that, man. <laughs> Everybody in the league jumping. So to see him successful watching how he looked, you know, pre-draft was like, okay, I can see it. So, Miles, you spent your entire career in Indianapolis, uh, you know, since 2015. In the league, we always talk about big market versus small market. But what's the best part about playing in a small market and what's the hardest part? Oh, well, I mean, the hardest part, obviously, is exposure, right? Like, you you can have a great season, have great numbers, have a great game, but if you're not playing in April, like, nobody cares and nobody it's going to get swept under the rug, you know? Only playing once on a national TV, you know, schedule, you know, one time out the year, you're not going to get the exposure or, like, this, that, those eyes that you think you deserve, right? You know, I've been, I've been snubbed off of multiple offensive teams. I've been snubbed off, you know, deep point, in my opinion, in the past. You know, I've, I've done great things in this league, but... There's no eyes on it. There's no attention on it because you got the oohs and ahs of, you know, bigger markets and whatnot. So just not getting what you think you deserve. That's a hard part of it, obviously. You know, not uh, not being able to put, like, your true craft on display, you know, like the way you want to do it all the time. There's no, like, downside to it. Um, but the upside is the fans are so loyal, bro, and they love them some paces, man. Like, any of the small markets, they love their teams. They go hard for the teams. So the love that you get around the city, you know, it's very rare that, you know, someone like myself has been in an organization as long as I have, you know, my entire career, you know, to uh, see an, a, an entire city grow up. You know, you see crazy you know, skyscrapers go up that weren't there, you know, a few years ago. You see people that have been watching me play since middle school that are now in college. Like, little stuff like that, the relationship that you make in, in the town and the people you meet around the city is actually pretty dope. And just the access that you get is amazing as well. But... You know, just like anything, you take the good with the good and the bad with the bad. But in the, the day, bro, we still get the hoop. Man, it's just fun. <laughs> we get the hoop and do and just be ourselves every single night. Hey, hold on, I just realized you you've never won a defensive player of the year or very, very no shaky. defensive nothing, so wait, bro. 
So how do you how are you how do you get to be the block champ but not a defensive? <laughs> so the the argument that I heard and it's funny, you know, everybody has their roles, bro. Media has their roles as well to report the good and then the cost controversy, right? Just it is it is what it is. It's the game, right? You know, I had a couple campaigns a couple years ago, thought I deserved it, and I was told that, oh well, you're you're a good help side defender, like oh yeah, you're good at blocking shots, but that's not all there is to defense or. Okay, well, you don't rebound enough. And that's defensive rebounds are part of what happens for an all-defensive player. So they throw they throw in a whole bunch of excuses and whatnot, a whole bunch of, you know, poke a whole bunch of holes in your argument, even though you're doing something at a, at a high level. I think three years ago, I outblocked an entire organization. I had more total blocks in the season than the Cleveland Cavaliers had as a team. But that wasn't good enough. It was, ah, yeah, you block shots, that's cute, but, you know, it's not defense. So, like, so hearing that type of shit is crazy. So help side defense is not defense anymore. It just I mean, ben, it ben depends Wallace, on the cross. <laughs> because Ben Wallace was a help side defender, of course, and and he was he wasn't he was okay on ball, but his strength mm-hmm. was off ball. When they got Rashid, Rashid got to hold the Shaquille's while he gets to challenge the shot. Right. And, so Rudy Gobert is an on ball defender. <laughs> Like I'm trying to, the job is to protect the rim, right? Right? Is that your job is to protect the rim, make sure no one comes in the paint. That's your job. And you're averaging, I mean, 3.4, 2.7. Didn't Rudy win it with 2.7, 3.4? I mean, 2.8. I'm doing my job. Yeah, man. And I'm, I'm a realist in the deck, yo. Like, I'm not going to be a woe is me ass dude. Like, Team success is a big part of things as well, right? If you ain't winning, no one's really paying you attention or taking you serious. But for as far as individual awards and individual success, that's where my frustration, you know, used to come into play. But now I just take it for what it is, man. Like I said, I, I play more for respect now than I do than some awards or just to say I was on some list, bro. Like, <laughs> mm. I mean, <laughs> let him know. Wait, yeah. wait, hold on. Talk to me. Tell me, <laughs> tell me something. Wait, Brooke Lopez, right? Was on the defensive team last year, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With with six rebounds and two point five blocks. So obviously the rebounds don't matter here because it's defensive rebounds. And who who is he guarding that he's stopping people with his natural ability at the five? It's on you, Gil. The criteria changes every two months. <laughs> like I don't I don't know. And hmm. yeah. Yeah, this is what. Uh, that's the stuff that irritates me. That's why I had to go to the computer because when I when I thought about it, it makes sense. I'm like, wait, hold on. I know someone who didn't have a lot of rebounds, but they was on that team. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you talk about you know playing in a small market and exposure issues, also the lack of respect that you get. ESPN released their player rankings recently, put you at number 65. So how do you feel about that ranking? And does it give you any extra motivation to come out there and show show them what you could really do? Bro, I saw the list, but I didn't see, like, myself. I didn't go in there and just, like, search it out. But I saw it was 60-something, but 65, that's... <laughs> so, the immediate reaction... The immediate reaction would be for me to be like, what the fuck, 65, this is... Bro, I've been in this shit too long, bro. Like, I, I just have... I feel like ESPN's, whoever is going to release a list to get that reaction, you know, from a mass crowd and be like, there's no way this person's supposed to be this low or this high and this is that... Bro, they playing their role, and I'm gonna go out there and show them why I ain't 65. It's just, it's really just that easy. I can sit here 
And uh, like I said, what would me be pissed off about or go out there and hoop? And for the ones that actually know hoop, realize why I'm a top five center in this league. So, <laughs> And that's where you feel. You feel top five centers in this league is a reasonable for for yourself very very reasonable okay <laughs> very reasonable absolutely brother I, like there's nothing i really feel like there's not much i can't do on the floor now if you ask me to go out there and do something i can do whatever it is that that there is to be done i play inside i play outside i defend i run the floor like what more do you want from me that's the thing and do you do you think we talk about this a lot even with the mvp and how the criteria always shifts if the pacers are winning more games do you think that makes you look sexier in the eyes of the voters like a Brooke Lopez who's playing on the top team in the East. Yeah, and that's why and that's why I'm not sitting here just being like a poor me kind of guy. You have to have team success. We ain't been to the playoffs in the past like three years. So why would I take what you're doing serious? You got some good numbers, but you ain't winning. So until you actually go out there and prove, you know, why you should be playing at the end of the year in April, you're not getting the respect you deserve. Winning takes care of everybody. It's just a thing. All that other stuff I told you is just a byproduct of success. So we go out here and hoop this year, do what we're supposed to do. Maybe in those conversations. Am I hoping for it? Like, oh, put me in, please put me on this list. No, bro. I'm going to go out there and play. <laughs> and then I want to be playing at the end of the year, bro. That's all I care about, man. Everything else. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's it's crazy listening. Like, if there, if there was just, like, this real clear um, metrics of what players can go by to really know where they stand. Um, it makes sense, but you know, you see sometimes like some people will get these awards. Yeah, they're on a winning team, but they're like the fourth option. And you know, they're not relevant to the team success. That they're good, but they're not like the main guy or the second guy. They're not the ones that's going out there really holding the team together. Yeah, I'm, my team might not be winning, but I'm doing everything I possibly can, right? And now my, my nothing matters, but you know you're gonna reward this mediocre dude <laughs> for winning, right? It's I wish you on that. I'm you know definitely what I mean? like, on that. I gotta go. I gotta go a hundred percent, right? I gotta go. I gotta go a hundred percent. I gotta you know I gotta guard LeBron. You know AD's coming through the lane. I got the, the Westbrook. I got I gotta do all that. And you're telling me this dude got three defensive players and his metrics is higher than my doesn't even make sense. Yo, I know I'm an all-star, bro. I know my peers know I'm an all-star. I just, I just know what it is in this league. I've stopped trying to look through the eyes of the ones who've never done this before. I've stopped trying to peer through the eyes of, you know, people who sit back in jobs to observe and report. I stopped that a long time ago. But I know what I'm capable of. And if I go out here and do exactly what I'm talking about when I do that, then we, don't, we, don't even be, we won't be having this conversation anymore. Hey, you, know, you know the funny thing about it? Let's say y'all in first or second place and you average 10 points. One block, eight rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be like, hey, you're awesome. Congratulations. And you're going to be sitting there like, this some bush. <laughs> like, you realize, <laughs> like, this don't even make no sense. But that's what that's what happens. Bro, just, it's the game, man. It's, it's just the game, bro. You know, I, I told you, there was times where I really sit here and just, you know, grow gray hair and like, man, why don't they, why don't they want me, man? Why don't they like me? No, nah, I'm off that shit, bro. I, I just am. I've been off for a long time. I can who, man. I've been doing this for, for quite some time. I'm still at this and I'm going to have a great season this year. So, man, what everybody else talking about. <laughs> How, how's training camp going so far? So far, so good, man. It's good just to be back around a group like this. We have, like I said, it's a, such a young, like exciting 
uh, it's like breath of fresh air, I would say. You know, I've seen like uh, there's been a couple surprises in the cast. I mean, like this Ben Shepherd, you know, from Belmont. He's had a great, you know, couple of games. Jarris Walker's playing really well. You know, our two rooks and to be able to play well right away, um, especially like on you know stage like it is now, this preseason and whatnot, and just have that hard work for training camp, have that success early. It just shows you a good little peer into the future. Yeah, no, going to the season. I just like what we've already built so far. You know, our struggle last year was defense. We're the fastest team in the league. We were number one in transition, like uh, uh, transition points, transition pace last year. So we know we're going to get up and down. You know, we were top five in scoring or, you know, somewhere, whatever the analytical stat was. But defensively, like, we got to get better. And once we finally make that step, you know, it's going to be a different conversation. And I think we're, we're headed there right now. Let's talk a little bit about Larry Bird. He's been an instrumental figure in the Pacers organization as a coach, executive, and now advisor. You know, you guys have a, a strong relationship. What's the best advice he's giving you during your time with the Pacers? Man, so I actually got a chance to see him, you know, you know a couple of weeks ago. And I haven't seen Larry. So, you know, Larry's the one who drafted me, you know, one who brought me, you know, in the organization. He was the president my rookie year. And uh, to be able to just, uh, just to wrap a greatness right away, step to the floor, and that's me the first person you meet, you know, the expectations are high. Like, you just – you see where, where they set the precedent. And be able to just actually, you know – just get to know him as a person and just get to have, get the stories from back in the day. You can try to watch a, a winning time or try to watch, a, you know, whatever show you want, but to actually get like, you know, stories from the source is unreal. First of all, man, the shit talking. And that's like the dopest part about being around him, bro. Like he just, man, he would just say, I'm going to do something to go out there and do it. And to be around someone that real, like, like I said, especially as, like as a young player, man, it just sets like the, the course of what your career is going to be. So that was been dope. As far as like the best uh, advice he's given me, and go out there and bust the ass. <laughs> that's just it. Like there was no like uh, instruction book on how to be in the league or what you're supposed to say or do. It's just, bro, go out there and play. We draft you for a reason. Like we need you to play right away. And I came in at towards the end of my year. Uh, I started the last 40 games, started in the playoffs my rookie year. So like he had the expectation of like, there was no G League. It's like, no, we need you to play right here, right now. So to have a man like that look you in the eye and be like, you're ready? Man, set my confidence through the roof, like, right away. Larry Bird. <laughs> so, so you talk about the trash talk. Obviously, Larry, you know, for anybody who has watched Winning Time and, and, you know, remembers, you know, his career in the 80s, 90s, generational trash talker, great bucket getter, but could talk mm -hmm. shit with the best of them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, have you or any of your teammates experienced any of that, that classic Larry Bird shit talk? Uh, well, none of my teammates here, you know, would have experienced it. I mean, this is, Larry doesn't spend like all of his time here in Indy. Uh, he's more so around in the summertime. I think, I mean, PG would be the only one I could think of who probably has more stories than I do. But, um, bro, he's just a no, he's just a, I don't know, what's the word for it? Like a no-nonsense kind of guy, non-nonsensical or something like that. He's just really like about his business and whatnot. So, um I don't know. It's not militant, but at the same time, it's just it's just cool having like that in the gym, bro. It makes you have to be on your P's and Q's right away. So yeah. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. So let's talk about uh, the, the NBA this season. They added the in-season tournament. Uh, a lot of players have mixed feelings about it. So how do you feel about the in-season tournament? 
Bro, I mean, I think it's going to be good for the league. One, expansion. You're going to a completely different city here in Las Vegas where, you know, possibly in the future you're going to, you can potentially get a team. So to bring that for the fans, um, and it's not summer league. It's, it's the real deal. Like these NBA players, like live in action and like a type of uh, environment that, that could be crazy or not. So I think it's going to be good for the league. It makes you have to lock in, and, you know, even more at the beginning of the uh, season. You know, there's, um, you know, Gil can tell you, like, I feel like at times – in the middle of the season or like right in the early in the season, you can bullshit a little bit and then try to pick it up towards the end of the year. I think with the NCAA tournament, it doesn't allow you to do that. Like you have to be able to uh, go in there right away and you know, you're, you're playing for, you're paying for cash too. So the incentive is there as well. So I think it will be a good little experiment for the league. Um, just try something different. Um, and I'm excited for it, man. It's like, give us a chance to, you know, get that exposure that I was just talking about that you don't get a lot here in Indiana. So, yeah. So what is, what is it exactly? Like, you know, when, when Richard's up there, you know, and he got his shirt open, you know, I can't focus. So I'm not listening to nothing that's coming out of his mouth. So what what is it? How is it? How does it work? From the way I look, or from the way it's been explained to me, is that if you watch soccer, it's kind of, kind of like a soccer-style thing. Like in, in, in Europe, in the middle of the season, they have like these little, like, um, excuse me, like these little, like, tournaments just like that. And you determine a winner. It has nothing to do with, like, your playoff you know, like ranks or anything like that. You can be the winner in the NCAA tournament and then drop the fuck off towards the end of the year. Has no impact there. But it's just a way of getting viewership up for the league. That's the way I see it. You know, getting more eyes in the league, more excitement and whatnot. You know, there's that long drought where fans don't really watch, like, the league. There's still football going on, so fans are going to mm. watch that. You know, they're the ones that get getting all the capital, like, in, you know, like, uh, here right now. We really don't start taking off until, what, like, the All-Star game or, yeah. you know, towards the year, uh, towards the end of the year in the playoffs. So, it's just another way to get eyes on it. And, mm, I think it's going to be, like I said, I think it's going to be kind of cool. So you like it. You think guys are going to take it serious? Bro, you're playing for bread at <laughs> the end of the day. Choice. Like, you're playing for bread. Yeah, that too. That too. You get your ass I know you're going to take it serious, yeah. but I'm saying you think other, other, other teams. Bro, money's the motivator, man. At this point, like, just go out there and get some extra bread, bro. Like, why not? You're, you're already playing. You're already in shape. <laughs> go out there and get it done. Yeah. I'll do anything for it. What are going to do? Like, yeah, I'm going to just take the, I'm going to just go and hit an average 10. Because this counts, this is, a, this counts towards your stats and everything, right? Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. It's still, yeah, still yeah. regular I mean, nobody, season games. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, but it's no different than like, like my first year, like we went to, we went to London in the middle of the year. We went to go play Denver and London in the middle of the year. Still a dope experience, but it still counts towards your record in these games, mm-hmm. like still count, but it's just a different environment. Like, I don't know. It's opportunity, so, man. Shit. Uh, hey. Anytime a bag's involved, you know, you got my full attention, so I'm glad you share the same sentiments. But, uh, you know, you're looking at the center position. It's definitely evolved. But it should be noted, the last two players to win MVP, both centers. Mm-hmm. Does the basketball world need to start putting more respect on the center position? I think it's I think it's gone up the past couple of years. I think it really has. You, you look at someone like Jokic, like he's, he's a center, but it's positionless too. Like, you know. Someone who's still you can't double team him because as soon as you do that, he's gonna find the opening. You single team him, he's gonna find a way to get some crazy shot off. Like it's it's fun, man. Center it's centers are not just back down guys who just have to throw a little baby hook over their shoulder anymore. There's so much more to it now. Someone like myself, I step outside and I shoot. I can handle the ball. You know, I can control the offense. Like that type of stuff's exciting. Whereas it wasn't as exciting when you had your dinosaur just uh, get to an up and under or maybe something over the shoulder. Like it's just not the same. The game is just uh. The game has changed. And how important is it, you know, as a center now, you're shooting like 37% from three, four attempts, to add that layer to your game. You know, back coming up back in the day, you know, centers were never shooting threes. Nowadays, it seems like it's a necessary 
component to be able to score at all three levels from the five position. It's a pick your poison kind of thing. You know, I'm glad my pops got me on it, bro. I really, I was told by some of my coaches, you know, coming up that no, no, just work on your, you need to work on your footwork, you need to work on your baby hook, you need to work on this set, my dad's and that, that we're going to work on our handle. We're going to shoot every day after practice. And I thought it was the dumbest thing at the time. I was like, dad, I don't have to do this. I'm taller than everybody. I can just, you know, go down there and dominate. And then lo and behold, like, it shifted as soon as I got into the league. You know, you started having more four and fives. I could step outside and shoot. You had a couple, you know, back in the early 2000s, but now it became a necessary feat. You open up the floor for everybody. You space the floor like now your defender has to make a decision. Am I going to help or am I going to come all the way out here? Now I'm opening stuff up myself. I can get downhill. I can kick. I can finish. Like, you have to be able to do a little bit of everything, and I think it's done wonders for the game. And I think I think once they've seen the, um, the center position evolve, I think that's why the NBA decided to protect the the past mm-hmm. by taking away centers for the All-Star game, mm. right? Because yeah. now there's nobody in the, the near future that gets to have any accolades like the other ones. Right? You don't get the you don't get the 10 time All-Star, the 20 time All-Star because you you're not it's not you versus another center or yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean that that just kicks out that just kicks out any conversation now of best centers in history because now they're going to use these accolades that the rest of the centers can't even get anymore that's a great point I never really thought about it that way you're just right like you know there's so many great players that you can sit down here and watch on TV but then 10 years from now you don't have that same experience. You've never seen them in their prime. You've never seen them mm-hmm. play. You can only go off of what they've accomplished according to some writers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel you on that. That's actually a great point. And it's going to be like, yeah, this guy is, you know, yeah, he got three blocks, but, you know, he didn't win a defensive player a year. Not he a good defender. No, yeah, no. <laughs> he, he didn't make no all-star games versus this guy who's a 12-time all-star. Like, no. no. <laughs> 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 like, he, was, he was an all-star. They just changed the metrics on it and kind of like. In the middle of his career. Future. Like, <laughs> So we talk about it at the, the high level, the great bigs that are in the league. But in your opinion, who's the most underrated big man in the NBA today? Most underrated big man in the league today? Um, you? And I give you of course, I'm going to throw outside of myself. <laughs> but now I'm saying I got to talk about somebody. I don't want to give nobody too much of their flowers. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. moderate flowers. You know, you can give it just, just a little moderate love. All right, guys that like uh, – they got creative, okay. Um, I like the kid in Houston, Alperin Sangoon. I think he's, I think he's creative. Like it's fun, like being a center, looking at other centers and ways they're able to, you know, get their shit off. Like he's not super athletic, but he's able to find angles and find ways to uh, get some good shots off. Um, who else? Um, I'm not gonna go down the whole league of like listen. Oh yeah, teams. I just, I just, I just knocked on door, bro. Hey, I, I didn't expect you to. No, no, what you like? Kobe used to do like you start naming players that they not good, so you don't got to. Yeah, you know, I got a, you know, this person. He comes off the bench, averaging two points. Like, yeah, he's great. <laughs> oh, just, just, that's his way of not wanting to give someone credit. He just names somebody right. that like. You know, we get it. And I I respect it. But no, it's nice to see that. And I know you're watching a lot of tape of a lot of guys around the league. So just the respect is always there. Are you pulling any of that stuff and incorporating it into your own game? Yeah, of course. Anytime if I'm watching a game live and I see a nice move, like, shit, we in the 21st century, just go rewind that. Oh, shit, that was nice. Sit there. Okay, what do you do with this hip? Okay, you drop this. 
damn it, then he dropped his shoulder that way. Yeah, of course I'll do stuff like that, but I don't just go like on YouTube and look up, oh, so such and such as highlights. Oh, damn, this nigga's nice. I'm not gonna be sitting over here like, nah, bro. Like, <laughs> your dad's gonna go play against this dude. Like, mm-hmm. like I'll give respect, like someone like Chris Bosch, like someone who's not playing anymore. I'll go back yeah. and look at some of his film and be like, oh shit, okay, maybe I can use that. Like, but mm-hmm. as far as guys that are playing, of course you give respect. We're all fans of the game. You see a nice move, it's like, damn, all right. But it's not like I'm sitting, sitting there studying a nigga now. So, you know, Gil uh, has a lot of beef going on, but in particular now, Hakeem Olajuwon is kind of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> rise to the I top. I did see that. So what are your thoughts on players working with vets like Hakeem? And do you feel like the stuff that they're te- getting taught is, can even be used in the league today? You know, some of it is cash grab stuff. Like, I do agree with Gil on that. Like, someone's still trying to keep themselves relevant. And I'm not talking about Hakeem specifically. I'm just talking about just... Players that come out the woodworks, yeah, I'll take them under my wing. I'll show them everything I know. Like, I do agree with that. Some guys just really are trying to stay relevant. They haven't been talked about in so long. They don't really do social media, so they're going to make a little appearance. I don't think it's just a will of, like, wanting to see a player. And it's like, yeah, okay, I see a lot of myself and you, young man. Like, I don't see a lot of that going on. I just don't. Mm. But and someone like a legend like Hakeem, like, you can only get that knowledge from Hakeem. You know what I mean? There's no one else really out there like Hakeem. There's guys that have tried to be like him, guys that maybe he would have studied. But as far as someone um, like in history that you've actually seen do it and just religiously bust his ass, like, yeah, something like him. Now, that'd be dope to go work with someone like him and just pick his brain a little bit and just, you know, just see what uh, um, and just like be in the field. Bro. You can watch the film all you want, but just be in that field. That's dope to me. And that's that was my trigger, right? My trigger is. I've trained myself, I've trained other players, I've watched trainers train. You know, Hakeem was training when I was in the league, right? I can Mm -hmm. see his product, right? Right. I can see how they turned out. So when I'm I'm sitting here like, you know, most of it was trolling, right? I troll, throw it out there, and then, (laughs) you know, if someone lashes back, I come with the real, right? That's, you know, that's what I do. You know, it's... The idea, I I didn't like the idea of you can go, you think you can go somewhere for three days out of a week and inherit some some basketball knowledge of, (laughs) that's not how, that's not how it's done. It's not how the game goes, I agree. You know, like if, if, if someone said, hey, you know, I'm about to go, you know, you know, work out with, you know, this player. And it's a week before training camp. Stop. It sure looks good on the internet. It just, yeah, it just that, does. That, I, that, I feel that internet, you. You tell me when the season's over with, you're taking a flight over here and you're going to spend the next three, four months. Okay. You serious about this? I hear like, you. This is, this is serious, right? You ain't going nowhere for a week, an hour and a half each day and think you're about to incorporate that in the, in the league mm-hmm. while someone's mm-hmm. guarding you? And you doing it by yourself, right? Dummy defense. What happens when defense hits that? What happens when a bigger body hits that? A short, like you traveling by yourself. What happens when? What happens when a defender's there plus a dig plus a double? Well, you don't. You go. You reverting right back to your normal self. And that just irritated me that they made it seem like it was that easy to go over there and just learn some stuff. Like, no, you got to go there at the beginning of the summer, spend the whole summer with the man. 
Exactly. You know, as well as I know, it takes what's like three weeks to create or six weeks, like to create habits and whatnot. Anyways, like mm -hmm. this shit is all instinct, man. Like this, this hoop shit, like, bro, you've done it at a high level. Gil. It's all instinct. You could try to learn something in a couple of days, but when you go out there and you read and react, that's when the art of the game, like just starts to like to show itself. And you're right. You can't go out there and just watch some shit on film. And be like, Oh, I'm going to go try this. Like, nah, bro, this ain't going to dig. It's going to be a steal. your ass sitting on the bench. Like what you mean? Yep. yep. You're going to try to do that, Hakeem? Get your ass. Sit down, man. Just oh, sit right bro. here next to me, man. Just, you wasted 50K. <laughs> just sit right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> so in light of this discussion, you talked about Chris Bosh, but but who, what NBA vets or, you know, old guys would, would you want to work with and how much of a bag would you be willing to drop to work with them? Uh... Right away, Dirk, bro. I told you, I grew up in Dallas. I grew up watching him Dirk runs, bro. That shit was so dope to me, bro. Just the way he was able to get his shots off and only be able to jump this high off the ground and still be able to get to the rim. And, like, like everything was a switch. Like, it was a whole Dirk switch thing. It was a whole thing around Dallas, bro. Shirts with it and everything. That'd be something that's dope, bro. Just to be able just to pick his brain a bit. I got to play pickup with him his last year in the league. And he, bro, he could barely move. He was hopping up and down the floor. But he was still able to get his shots off, bro. And it's like... Now that I'm not there yet now, I'm in the prime of my career, but now that I'm like, you know, on the back half of the career and whatnot, it's like, okay, I know eventually, like you said, a couple of years from now, I'm not going to be able to jump as high as I'm jumping right now. I'm not going to be able to move as swiftly as I'm moving. So to be able to get some of those moves in your bag is huge. So yeah, uh, I love LA's game, bro. LaMarcus Aldridge, the way he's able to stick it from drops and turnarounds, like that'd be dope to watch his work with him, pick his brain a bit and shit. Um, as far as how much I want to spend, that's a great question because I'm not about to go out here and spend, like you said, 50K, 100K just to work with someone for a couple of days and shake your hand. Thank you, man. Like, nah. <laughs> Dirk, if Dirk said, give me 50 and I'll show, I'll teach you everything I know. You're not rolling? In, a, in, a, in three days? Shit, let me put it, I'll put, I'll put it like this. I'll put it like this. You know what, Dirk? I'll donate 50K to your charity, bro. You match See? my shit. And then, you know, maybe we kick some business after this. But I'm not just going to give you this money out of my pocket and just be like, so long, See, partner. Like, I'm rolling. I'm, I like that. <laughs> what I'm saying is, I've never, I've never, I've never seen a workout. I mean, I've, I've watched Kobe, right? Like, like the hardest working person I've seen. I watched him work out, right? I know what it takes. I'm watching him shoot 500 left-handed jumpers and not take one in a game because it ain't ready yet year after year after year after year until he has to use it. So I know years, he used years before he using that move. So to think that someone would train for 50,000 just irritated me. Like, forget the money. The fact that you, I know your list of players you train, not one has turned over to be good. <laughs> You know, hustling, man. Just out here hustling. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand what... I Listen, I understand what he's trying to do. The problem is this. They're going there for footwork. You learn footwork as a soccer player. Mm. Not a basketball player. You took your footwork that you learned as a soccer player and used it. it. Mm. So, therefore put their asses on a goddamn field. Start doing them <laughs> ladder drills. Move laterally. Do all the, the... That's how you got your footwork. Right. It, it has nothing to do with basketball. Like they already got the basketball part. Give them the footwork part. 
Like learning to move, once you have the footwork, learning to move becomes easy because you know where to place your feet. You know what I mean? It's like, so when I look at the workout and I'm like, yo, like, like I, I get it. It's an NBA workout, but I, I thought they came in for, 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 for soccer. I'm coming in for soccer stuff. Like, show me how to use these feet. Yeah, I worked with uh, you know, the Pacers. They they uh, they provided me an opportunity to work with Kevin McHale. I think it was like my third or fourth year or something like that. And I was on a ranch in the middle of nowhere, Fort Worth. And he came out there and we trained for a couple of days. And, you know, I picked up some release points. And, oh, wow, okay, I didn't think like to give one of these first. And it's stuff you've done before, but it's just a repetition of everything. It's not like they're reinventing the wheel. They're just showing you something crazy that um, you've never seen before. It's just that repetition with a different instructor. You know, someone who's who's done on a, on a, at a high level, who's done like a, a, a master something or whatnot. So I agree with that. You're not just going to learn something like right away because I've experienced it. Like it was it was dope to get that experience, but it wasn't like it just transcended my game. Like, you know, <laughs> thank you. So let's keep this thing moving. Uh, you worked out with Wimby last summer. Uh, mm -hmm. You got to see him, you know, a little bit now summer league. Uh, now preseason, you went up against Chet. Uh, what impressed you the most about his game, and what do you think his ceiling is in the league? Man, just fluidity. Um, be able to be that big and just maneuver his body the way he moves. Like, that's part of one of the biggest things that impressed me, like, last summer when we were working. Like, I really thought it was just some ball his life as, like, just highlight take, like some kid overseas is taking crazy shots. Mm -hmm. Nah, but he, this is stuff he works on. It's stuff that he's actually able to do. So... I really think the sky's the limit for him. I think he's going to be a great player in the league. You know, everybody's going to comment on his weight. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You know, he has to gain weight, he's put on muscle. But shit, the kid is, what, 19, 20 years old. Like, he's going to mm -hmm. get that naturally over time. Even you look at Chet, like, he, he missed all of last year. He put on, what, 10, 15 pounds already. Like, everybody matures at their own rate. So, if you already have the skill stuff, the body stuff, that's just going to catch up with, you know, with age and time. It's harder to learn all that skill stuff later in your career you can have the perfect nba body but still not be able to walk at you uh, walk at your gum at the same time you know mm -hmm. what i mean so i think that Vic's skill set is very high i think that he's in a perfect situation where he's going to be able to learn and develop over the next couple of years you know i don't think that he's in a position where he's going to have to be the savior of the organization like right away it's like no he literally gets to go to one of the greatest coaches of all time and coach popovich learn the X's and O's of this stuff, how he play in the league as opposed to playing overseas and still mm -hmm. add his touch to it. So um, I, I'm very I'm very high on him. I think that he's going to be uh, a great player in this league. Man, so I watch him. I'm like, I like this. I mean, yeah. I'm different. Mm -hmm. Talk, Wimby, you talked about Chet as well. You now entering your ninth year. You know, you got these two bigs coming in with a lot of hype. You may not get a, a, a tremendous amount of opportunity to guard him, but are you looking forward to going up against these guys? Wimby and Chet and showing them what the league is really about? Of course, bro. That's one of those situations where, okay, you have all this hype and shit, but I earned this hype. Like, I earned, like, where I'm at. You still got to earn your strikes in this shit. Like, I don't care how many followers you got on Instagram. I don't care what deal, what, how much money you're making. When you get between these lines, bro, you got to earn everything that's given to you. So, I've, like I said, told you, I've been doing this for, you know, as long as I have, and I've earned respect in this league. And, you know, until, until you show me what, you know, what you're really about in this sense, like, you know... That's still up. <laughs> about to get them young boys. About eight, the nine blocks. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> so just talking about, you just talking about your rookie season, how, how you were starting back half of the season, starting in the playoffs. 
People always talk about hitting that Ricky wall. Did you experience the Ricky wall at all? And how long did it take you to overcome it? Of course I did. I think that I experienced it in a different light though. I, um, my first year I broke my thumb and I was out for like, I don't know, 20 games or something like that. Yeah. I broke my left thumb. Um, and when I came back from that, it was already like right before all-star. So I got to play five, six games, then chill for a week or whatever it was, then come back and be fresh right into the playoffs, right right to a game seven. So I didn't really hit my rookie wall until my second year. Like my second year when I was played, I played 81 games. And when I got to like that game 30, like game 35, it's where you're waking up. You don't know where the hell you're at. Like you go downstairs, forget what room number you're in. Like it's just that, that little stuff, bro. Body's just like, you ain't never experienced nothing like that before. You know, it's three college seasons in, you know, mm -hmm. one year, you know, coming into the league. So, um, I hit it my second year. I hit it hard. Um, but all you can do is work through it. That's just literally all you can do. You can try to sit here and do all the massages in the world, all the remedies. It doesn't matter, bro. It's a grind. Like you just gotta, you have to experience it. And you, you know, iron sharp is iron at that. Your body's gonna get used to it over time. The more and more you do it. I mean, do you experience any of that type of wall even later on in your career? Do you know it's just a part of part of the process, or does it diminish significantly as the years go on? It gets better. You know, you're always going to hit that grueling part, the Januarys, like that that part of the season where it's just tough going from city to city. We're in the Midwest; it's cold. Like it's just all that stuff plays into you know the league. But um, you know, it's you love it, man. And like I said, like you, it gets to the point where you kind of miss it a little bit. Like it's that sense of purpose. And I enjoy the grind, bro. I enjoy all this type of stuff. I enjoy it. You know, I wake up in the morning. It's like, oh, shit. All right. We got another day. Let's do it. Like, you know, you got to fall in love with the process. So Pacers had their, their first preseason game against the Rockets. You didn't play in that game. Uh, but the, one of the highlights of that game, Dylan Brooks getting ejected uh, for hitting <laughs> your teammate Daniel Tice below the belt. After the game, Brooks said he feels like he has a, a target on his back. And, uh, you know, the Dylan the villain moniker kind of – would help put it there but do you agree that dylan brooks has a, a target on his back and if so did he put it there himself uh let me fear let me see how i'm gonna attack this one um <laughs> 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 i mean just straight up bro like he victimized himself last night he came through off a of screen bro i got respect for for like people who defend bro dylan brooks is a defender bro he's gonna play like the best player every single night he's gonna put it on himself to be that guy i with that part of the game but the dirty shit bro and then gonna try to play the victim afterwards like that shit's corny bro like he came through you can see it on replay he came through and literally just pulled his left arm just racked him bro like it's one thing if you know guards come through all the time and like swing like you know would be on your hip or something like that swing through i've had guys run straight through my chest like that's part of the game like nigga, respect bro you're doing what you got to do if you come over some with some dumb shit and just come here and just actually like racked and then play victim afterwards like oh what did i do it's like come on bro like it's corny that, that part of it's corny but i got respect for guys who actually go out there and guard bro that's part of the game and i'll never like i'll never just like uh you know not focus somebody because they're guarding but all the dirty all the extra shit the antics i'm not with that you know that's that was all my um when i made that um that tape early like february when i was uh, like march when i was saying that you know, when, when everyone talks about the 80s, they talk about, you know, all this great defense. And I'm like, when I look at the defensive list, the guys y'all name are not on here. D defense is I'm stopping you within the rules. Right. 
You clotheslining me, throwing me out of the air, body slamming me, punching me. That ain't defense, bro. You, you're trying, you can't guard me so you want to hurt me so I won't come in there no more. Now you're just trying me as a, you're just trying me as a man at that point. So last question for you, Miles. We appreciate you, you know, taking the time, training camp season right around the corner to show some love to No Chill. But what is your vision for the rest of your NBA career and also just for life after basketball? Uh, for the rest of career, man, I want to try at least get to that 15 number, like at the very least. Throwing my body, you know, so help me. I'm still, you know, taking care of it the way I am, and I'm still able to get up and down the floor. Like 15 plus be nice for me. You know, get a nice, mm -hmm. get my deal out the desk and get, get your vet there on the way out. Cool. I still want to be able to, <laughs> yeah, I still want to be able to play with my kids and stuff when I'm done, bro. Like I said, I don't have any children now, but when I finally have a family, I want to be able to, you know, pick up, play with my kids and be able to still run around with them. You know, I'm seven feet tall, bro. Like, our bodies deteriorate much faster than than everybody else's. You know what I mean? So still be healthy and be able to walk around when this stuff is done, take care of myself. Try, I want to travel. I mean, I that's a huge hobby of mine. I've gotten out there, I've seen different countries. While I'm young and while I still can, I want to be able to experience, you know, you know, live in other places. So just being nomadic at that and then just, you know, continue to just be myself, bro. To just keep uh, growing on my hobbies. You know, I, was, I rap with Chris Bosch this summer. And he lives right up the street from me in, in, uh, down in Austin. And I was always asking him, like, bro, like, what, what did you want to do after basketball? Like, what did, when did you know you want to do? He says, bro, you're rich. You do whatever the hell you want. Like, when you, <laughs> at the end of the day, when you're done with this, you don't have to go back to school. You don't have to settle into a career. You can literally wake up and be like, you know what? I think I want to be a firefighter today. Like, you can do it. You can just do whatever you want, whenever you want to do it. And to be able to have the luxury of living that life um, after I'm done and taking care of myself and my peoples, that's all I want for myself. Hey. Ain't nothing I, wrong with I that. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Real, but, but, but nine more years, you're only like 35. <laughs> 35, 36. You good, you good. You got it. <laughs> uh, 15, yeah. try to get that to 18, 20. We got yeah, modern technology. Yoga, all that say, good stuff. I'm telling you, so help me, bro. I want to I wanna see. I want to ride this as long as I can, man. But, you know, that's, that's, that's a good number for me. Well, Miles, we appreciate you taking the time to do this. And best of luck to yourself and the Pacers this season. We got to rock with y'all now because you pulled up to the show, except when y'all play the Lakers, as you know. I heard you. Every team, you know, and Bucks too, because I got you. You, know, and the rest, you and the rest of the country, man. That's whatever. That's <laughs> all good, but excited for for this season for you. And, you know, hopefully excited to see you playing in the Olympics next year. You know, Team USA, yes, get their mind right. Oh, gang, speak that. Yeah, but this has been another episode of No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. We'll be back with more very soon.